The best way for you to keep up to date with the Manson Podcasting Network and all of our new podcasts is by subscribing to our free weekly newsletter, Company on Sundays. Companyonsundays.substack.com. This is Company. I'm Sky Manson. Today we head north and then west to the main street of Tambo in Western Queensland to meet the current co-owner of Tambo Teddy's, a beautiful, soulful bush business born of adversity, as in when the price for wool was taking an absolute pounding in 1992. Their website reads, a brainstorming session during a workshop delivered the idea that Tambo could assist the wool industry encourage tourists and create employment by making unique teddy bears from wool pelts stuffed with wool. 40 years later, Tambo Teddies remains. Its current owners are Tammy Johnson and Alison Shaw, who I speak with today. Well, we consider we're the centre of the universe, of course, but we are in central western Queensland. Uh, Tambo itself is one of the highest points in Queensland. So, you know, when there's all flooding out west and things, people say, oh, my goodness, are you all right? And we go, well, if we're not all right, the rest of the, rest of the joint's <laughs> in trouble. Because <laughs> we're actually the headwaters of five different river systems here. So we are very, very sort of quite high. And we're about 900 kilometres from Brisbane. So west and northwest, we are very central. It's about the same distance to Mackay, Rockhampton and Toowoomba. It's about an eight-hour drive, seven and a half, eight-hour drive to each of those three bigger centres. How did you end up in Tambo, Alison? Oh, golly. I came here as a Jillaroo. I was at uni in New Zealand and I wasn't really going to uni very often and I was just yeah having fun so I came over here in my holidays with a friend we came to Inverell actually and she was working on the cropping side of the property uh, because she was still doing her ag science degree and I was milking goats and then when it came to going home I decided no I liked what I was doing was enjoying it and I wanted to head out further west and things so I stayed and then eventually I uh, put an ad in the paper and got a job out here in Tambo as a Jillaroo on a sheep property. The rest is history. I didn't, you know, I thought then I'd keep going around the world, which I didn't get around to because I met my husband in the local pub, got married and went from there, stayed here. Yeah, it's a great little town and community though. What got your heart about Tambo or was it just the Western Queensland and the outback? I think it's just the Western Queensland and the outback. Like, I uh, really enjoy the wide open spaces. I love working with sheep. You know, after I'd been a Jillaroo for so many years, I thought, well, I'm not going to really progress too far here. So I did go off to Brisbane for 10 months or so and did my wool classing certificate. So then came back out this way as a wool classer and I did that for 20-something years, even once I'd had children. Yeah, kept wool classing, loved it. Oh, that's awesome. So, well, I'm going to ask you more about that later, but tell me about New Zealand, where you grew up. Well, I actually grew up in Christchurch, poor old Christchurch that's sort of been Mm. 
had a lot of shakes lately. But favourite place over there is up the Marlborough Sounds. My family has a batch up there, which is a holiday house. You can only get to it by boat. We had no power, no phones up there. Now your mobiles do work when you're out on the boat. And we have got solar power <laughs> up there now. So my brother now has that property. We try and go over there you know, at least once a year and have two or three weeks up the sounds. So is it a farm? No, no, it's just, you know, um, a bat. So it's a holiday house. Mm. And so in the Bay, there's all these holiday houses. They're on reasonable, you know, on an acre or a couple of acres or something of bush. And they're in the bush and on a hill. And then there's the beach and the sea. So the same families, like, you know, we all grew up with these families every holidays we used to go there for a month every year and it was all the same family so we had these friends from all over New Zealand and now it's quite interesting it's the next generation have batches you know my brother's got it and then all our you know friends as kids they now have the batches so oh that's so yeah. cool do you yeah it is there? cool it's a really lovely I love going over there <laughs> do you still go there yeah 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 no my husband and I try and go once a year for a couple of weeks and take some of our friends from Oz over there. Wow. And do they drive their boats down to the ocean in the tractors? Uh, yeah, one friend does. Ours just is, or my brother's boat lives in Hadlock in a shed there. I just email a guy over there and they launch it. So when we turn up, we fly into Wellington then we hop on a little plane the next morning, Sounds Air, across to Picton. We get off there, we get a shuttle bus into Picton, we do all our grocery shopping. Then we get another shuttle bus across to Havelock, load up the boat, which is sitting at the jetty, and head off. And then, our, yeah, our boat just stays on the mooring the whole time that you're there. Oh, well, apart from when you're off fishing or doing whatever. Oh, that is the dream and such a far yeah. cry from Tambo. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. I know when I was younger mum and my parents were coming over, mum, you know, she couldn't quite understand how I could live so far from the sea because we had grown up with the sea. And it was more the fact that it was just that sort of lifestyle that not the sort of urban scape, I suppose, is what, what I liked was just the countryside and the wide open spaces, probably, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and so are you on a farm now? No, no, we live in town. We have lived on stations and then moved into town when the kids were little. My husband was a fencing yard building contractor with myself as a wall class. So there's probably not many properties in our district that we haven't worked on. He now works just for some really good friends of ours. He's only been, I think he's a bit over 12 months. So when he finished yard building and fencing contracting, he'd had enough of it. He went into the mines and was working as a machine operator, a grader driver, predominantly. Then these friends kept saying, oh, you know, come and work for us. So he is, they built a big grader. So he does some contract grading or um, works, you know, doing today cattle work, doing all sorts of, just a lot of variety of station work. So he loves that. And I work from home you know, doing our Tambo Teddy's work. And I also have a grant writing consultancy business. Do that a lot too. <laughs> oh, mate, everybody needs I'm you home. then. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about, Alison, your transition from being a wool classer, was it, to yeah. being involved with Tambo Teddy's? 
Well, it, yeah, there was a bit of a gap there. I did actually finish being a world-classer around 2008 or 2009, just because there were less and less sheep stations. So you're having to travel long distances. I had children, the girls were at boarding school in Toowoomba. And when they were home for the holidays, if I was having to work, sometimes properties, it wasn't suitable to take the kids with you during the week when we're classing, sharing, you know, and sometimes they weren't wanting to come. They'd got to the stage, whereas it was the fun that was what they wanted to do. They used to fight over who came to the sheds when they were little kids. They got to the stage they didn't want to come unless they had a job and were getting paid. Mm. We lost a big shed that was a local shed. So it meant I was going to be having to travel further and be away a lot more. And a job came up on council and someone sort of said to me, oh, you should apply for this. And I went, oh, what would I want to do that for? And anyway, then I thought about it and I applied. So that was a community development officer role. So I took that role on. Yeah, so then after a while of doing that, it became a, it was a contract position to start with, then it became a full-time position. So within council, I was doing sort of arts and culture, grant writing, you know, community development, economic development, very, very, very interesting job. And then a couple of friends, sort of the Tambo Teddies got put up on the market. One of the premiers who had had it for 21 years or something, she was the last one in it and she wanted to retire. So she put it up for sale and we got together and formed a partnership and yeah, put our hand up for it. We were interested because it's got a great name it had a great name the product is good people love the product for me it was really great to go back into something that was handling with the wool again one of the main things I enjoyed about it mm. how do you define tambo teddies as a business yeah okay it's it's fun actually we find it fun <laughs> something nice about teddy bears <laughs> people all love them I love the wool so, yeah so basically we sh- sell sheepskin teddy bears and make them and sell them so we make them and we sell them all over the world how did tambo teddies start well it has an interesting backstory and i think that's part of why people love them it started in 1992 the government came through all these little outback towns because we had severe drought and we had crashed wool prices due to the big stockpile farmers couldn't sell their sheep even if they put them on a truck and took them down to the meatworks, they'd get a bill. It was so bad that wool, wool stockpile really decimated the wool market and the sheep market. So people were going out of sheep in the regions. So the shearing industry was declining at a rapid place. And this little town used to have about three shearing teams living in it. These days, there's not one person works in the industry, lives in this town. So that's the big change. So The government came through with these workshops to identify new ideas for economic development to stimulate these little towns and to create employment. And three ladies came up with the idea of making sheepskin teddy bears, tambo teddies, and away it went from there. Do you know how they came up with that idea? I don't, I I wasn't at their table. Mm. (laughs) I was at another table. There were actually, yeah, there were five of them to start with, but two of them dropped out pretty early on in the piece and three of them went on. I think, you know, it's just one of those sort of throwaway lines. Someone sort of said, let's make teddy bears out of sheepskin and away they went. And how successful is the business now? Like you said, you sell globally, which is just Mm. awesome. Yeah, look, it is. You know, when when we purchased it, as I said, there was only one lady left 
involved. And, you know, as with a lot of businesses, startups, they have that big, big peak period and then they just sort of trickle down. And it was certainly at a trickle down low when we bought it. it she, there was only one lady sewing and uh, or she might have, I think there was another lady helping to sew. You know, so there weren't even many bears in the shop. It wasn't thriving at that stage, but we turned it around in the first 12 months then we sort of after a couple of years we weren't growing how as fast as we wanted because we recognized supply we were having trouble with supply of making enough teddy bears you know we had a couple of sewers every you know we were trying to get new sewers and they'd start and then they'd sort of go oh no this is too hard we thought how do we change this around we had a come and try day and from that day we had lots of interest and we sent out three or four machines I think only one of them stayed out sewing and that actually went to a lady and came out and took it back to Toowoomba. That year that Bonnie was sewing in Toowoomba, we were hanging out for her bears coming back on the bus because, you know, as we were creating noise and marketing the business, the demand was increasing and we were having trouble meeting it. So we we thought, well, something's got to change. And we had a bit of an idea bubbling away in our heads. And then we did a one of the Queensland Government Mentoring for Growth programs. We had a session with that. And we sort of mentioned our sort of concept. And the guys on, on the panel really sort of helped us refine our thoughts around that. You know, one of them sort of said to me, Alison, who do you know in your day job? And I went, huh, what do you mean? And I hadn't put the two together. And they said, get on to state development, you know, people in state development, which of course I did. And so they put us in touch with Multicultural Development Australia and we partnered with them to find workers and came up with the idea of this regional sewing hub, which we was decided to set up in Toowoomba. So that was 2019, we opened that and we did a come and try day down there and then Multicultural Development Australia actually um, managed the interview process for us. We employed three sewers down there and a fourth one who was a lady from Charleville. The other three are from Syria and Eritrea. They're migrant refugees. Toowoomba's a big resettlement community. And those guys are still with us. That was three years ago, I think. That's unreal. So are there any more sewers now within the hub? Yeah, yeah, there is. We've put another girl on and another part-timer who works from home as well. But they actually, the other four sew in the hub all week and it's been great. We had to, after 12 months, we'd outgrown the little place we leased and we've actually bought a much bigger place, but that was during COVID. So it was a long settlement and you know, we weren't quite sure when we could go down there and move in and things. And eventually in uh, August, so two years ago, we've been in a much bigger place now. So we've got great space for storage and everything, a much nicer premises, for working premises for them. And we also have set up retail in the, in the Toowoomba store as well. Tell me more about the teddies travelling from Toowoomba back to Tambo on the bus. <laughs> Well, they don't come on the bus anymore. Oh, well, they're, <laughs> no, they're that was they in. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're in bags and boxes, unfortunately. Mm. These days, like I just got back from Toowoomba yesterday and I always come home with the seats down in the back of my wagon and teddy bears right 
filled to the roof mm-hmm. you don't miss an opportunity for some basically some free freight <laughs> and we recently shipped a freighted a shipping container full of teddy bears out I went down a couple of weeks ago and packed up cartons and cartons and we had a shipping container down there and filled that up and and shipped that out just to to Tambo is still the main retail day-to-day retail space and mm-hmm. particularly at this time of the year when we've got all the tourists traveling through so tell me about the people that buy tambo teddies anyone's a teddy bear buyer we get a lot of grandparents buying them for their grandchildren and great great grandchildren because they are handcrafted and their quality they're long lasting people very much like to buy them as the special bear for their grandchild but we also get a lot of teddy bear enthusiasts who come in um, and you can't really put a teddy bear enthusiast in a box they come in all shapes and sizes and buy all sorts of bears so and then you you know you'll get the families traveling through and they'll buy bears for the kids again they like that the fact that it is such a unique product nobody else has a bear the same as their bear yeah and tell me also about the process of deciding what kind of bears you make and their individual personalities or personas We have two main teddy bear families, the Basils and the Tobies. So they're two different sort of styles. The Basils, your more traditional looking bear. The Tobies, actually the first style that was made and they're a flatter face, chunkier looking product. When they get made and each, each pattern actually has 19 pieces and you can cut, you know, two Basils or three Basils out of a skin. But when they're sewn up, they look quite different because someone else sews them and the wool just, goes a bit different the skin goes a bit differently on each bear they get an individual number and we now have we have a woven tag that we sew on there into their leg that has their number and that number is then registered when people buy them and each bear has its own name so the bear number the name and then the eyes registered so when people they lose their name tag we can look them up or we can give them a little bit of history about their bear so the naming process is they're actually named after local tambo properties and that's then alliterated with a christian name so we could have Minnie downs muffin or drin's main doug or something yeah that's how they get named oh i love that who's in charge of choosing the names uh, anyone and everyone in the yes. shop because yeah. <laughs> it's not actually that easy I'm going to write you know put the name tags on and you're going oh what am I going to call you <laughs> do you ever get to the bottom of the pile of names well probably this name's recycled but because yeah. they're associated with an individual number you know it's you don't find that too often yeah Look, the girls in the shop, they come up with the most fabulously inventive names at times. Oh, I just love it. I mean, I'd heard of Tambo Teddies, but not really had any idea about how it works. And it's just so ingenious. And I mean, it's testament that it still still exists, that the business is still going. Nearly 30 years later. It's 30 years next year. Yeah. And, you know, we've changed. um, We've created new products um, most recently we've done a range of hand puppets with some bright colored sheepskins we had and we'll probably need to cut a few more of them out because I think most of them are sold you know we've done digger the dog this year during COVID we launched Tambo Lambo we secured the Walmart logo for 
Tambo Teddies. And this was during our 25th year, would be four years ago. So 2018. 18, yep. Originally, when the ladies started the business, they tried to get the logo, Walmart logo, and they wouldn't give it to them which was pretty disappointing. They were pretty disappointed. So, and when it came around to 25 years, I thought I wrote a blog about it. And then I thought, you know, well, we'll have another go. So we applied and we got knocked back. Next thing actually AWI rang. I don't know how they got wind of it all. And I wasn't very friendly to start with because he sort of said, oh, you know, you've applied for the logo. And I said, oh, yes, but we didn't get it. And the next thing he goes, well, we want to revisit that. And so I'm suddenly all friendly and <laughs> really keen. And, and the CEO of AWI came out and they looked at it and we had to send beers for testing. And yes, we've secured the Walmart logo for Sheepskin, which we're really proud of that because it is one of the world's most recognised symbols. It speaks to quality and our products are a quality product. Initially, when Tambo Teddies first started, where did you get the skins from? They were bought in Australia, they're Australian and New Zealand sheepskins, but they've always been imported. They go out of Australia and New Zealand and they get tanned and dyed in China and then ported back. Originally the ladies did, and we still use a distributor. Um, He did have a tannery to start with, but still was importing a lot as well. It burnt down or something. And, And I think it's a lot to do with environmental protection hoops to jump through to do the process which they obviously don't have to jump through overseas so we then actually Tammy and I went to China in 2017 I think and we actually import them skins directly ourselves so we do cut out the middle and we still buy quite a bit from him as well because we can get different bits and pieces but our bulks we do import ourselves but they are all Australia and New Zealand sheepskins. The difficulty in getting the wool mark was that the, those that tannery wasn't accredited as opposed no, to... No, it was nothing to do with the tannery, nothing oh. to do with the skins. It was actually to do with the product that originally the feedback when the ladies tried to get it years ago was that teddy bears would sort of pull down the kudos of the wool mark, sort of a kudos isn't quite oh, the right word. Yeah. Um, right, the standard. Yeah. Yeah, the standard, you know, teddy bears didn't quite go with high fashion suits. (laughs) But we've changed that. (laughs) Very well done. Is it any micron? Like how do you kind of work out how soft a sheepskin is? Yeah, look, we just request the softest sheepskins we can get. And we need soft skin as well as soft wool. You know, I have to say this, what we're getting is lovely. Yeah, some of them are so silky. Very happy with that because we want soft, soft teddy bears and we need soft skins for the sewers because yes. if they're tough skins, it's a bit hard yeah. to handle. Mm. Are you a sewer yourself, Alison? No. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay. Oh, God, no. I haven't got the patience. Yeah, I get too cranky if something goes wrong with it too quickly. We were doing a bit of product development a few years ago, Tammy and I working on a product, Peter Possum, who's a puppet. We were busy sitting there and there one Saturday sewing and then we broke needles and then we couldn't get the needle back in the machine and and we just ended up cutting out some more and sitting with the sewer on (laughs) the next week. (laughs) Mm. You must get blown away by the sewers and their ability and also their knowledge of how to pull together a product. 
we have the pattern, you know, products and we have the instruction sewing sheets on how to sew the products. I suppose what really I love with the sew is that they are happy to sit there and do that. They really enjoy it. You know, our, our guys in Toowoomba, they make those machines like hum. They can really pump out some bears. They were actually like tailors in Syria, so they're sewers. They know about production. They know about putting their heads down and you know that they the more they sew the more they earn they have that focus so who's the most famous person that's got a tambo teddy well that's debatable me i reckon no (laughs) (laughs) they've been given to the royals the government's been very supportive for us like it was about a month after we bought the business we got a phone call from the premier's department and they wanted to purchase a tambo teddy to give to uh, William and Kate on their visit so they bought a Mr Stockman for for little George then there was when uh, Megan and Harry visited they purchased another teddy bear we sort of thought oh no more royals coming oh how could we get them a teddy bear I thought it wouldn't be possible googling away and next thing the phone rang and actually it was my mobile and an aide to the premier sort of said oh you know Alison would you have time to speak with the premier <laughs> going Oh, yeah, I'll make it. <laughs> anyway, and, and she said, oh, do you think you can get us a teddy bear to us by the end of the week? And I said, oh, we'll do it. <laughs> so roared down the street, threw one in a box. No, not quite that bad, but we named it Sterling Down Sussex. Yeah, sent it away. When we launched our New Zealand website, again, the Premier's Department decided they wanted to send a teddy bear to the Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, over there. And so we dressed one up as an all-black and... And away that got sent as well. What what happens when something like that gets given to the royals? Do you ever see like do you see a huge surge in interest as a result of that, or does anybody ever know that they've been gifted to the royals apart from? Oh yeah, no, no, they're very good at you know, and all the media outlets sort of contact us as well for comment and things. Yeah, no, there's always a lot of buzz around it, you know, and the website goes quite crazy for a while. And then, you know, it's something you can always bring up again when you're promoting your products. You can always reference it and Mm. make the story a bit longer. So when uh, William and Kate were having the second child, Princess Charlotte, you know, we contacted the Premier's department and said, oh, you should send her a Miss Stockman since George got a Mr. Stockman. Oh no, we're not sending presents. And actually, it was one of the, I think it was one of the ABC reporters said, just why don't you just send one anyway? Mm-hmm. So we did, and we got media about it going over there. And then of course it comes back because they can't accept presents from businesses. So we got media about it coming back. So you know, you can <laughs> leverage all these things into stories and create a bit of attention. Yes, yes. <laughs> or help sell teddy bears. Totally. And tell me about your latest one, which is your latest teddy bear, which is Doug. Oh, Doug. <laughs> yes, the, the official Toowoomba Carnival of Flowers teddy bear is Gardener Ted, Doug, Dransmane Doug, actually. Yes, so he's all done up in a set of overalls and his little trowel and everything and got a hat and his floral shirt. And he's uh, he's a nod to the gardener's who do such an amazing job in Toowoomba for the Carnival of Flowers. Those gardens there, those parks like Laurel Blank Park, is just amazing when they're all full, you know, the flower beds and all down the main street, the streets and things is just beautiful. We are being part of the Carnival of Flowers, which we sort of were keen to be, you know, being 
to raise our profile in Toowoomba as much as anything as well. We've sort of been trying to work out how we could be part of it all. So, yes, we're going to be part of the Teddy Bears Picnic. We're sort of bringing some entertainers there for the Teddy Bears Picnic, which is on the 24th of September. Yes, Doug will actually be a giveaway on the day. How cool. It Mm. sounds like there's so many great things about the business. What's your favourite part about Tambo Teddies? Is it the collaborations or is it the thinking up the new kind of bears or is it actually dealing with the supply chain? Yeah, that's a hard question, actually. I love the promotion. I love coming up with new ideas, new products that, you know, I do the day-to-day social media and the e-newsletters and things. And I really enjoy that part of it because I did actually end up going back to uni eventually externally. And I'm, I have actually done a degree in marketing. So that is part of my where my a lot of my interests lies with it I hate the book work so that's really great Tammy's really good at doing the accounting side of things that's not me I like dealing with the supply chains the ordering and things yep quite enjoy that and then even we do stints in the shop dealing face to face with the customers usually Saturday mornings we do that's enjoyable too because that's getting that feedback getting that response really valuable really valuable stuff to be doing all the time Why is it important to keep Tambo Teddies alive? Not suggesting that it's not going anywhere, but (laughs) it really sounds to me like it's a Queensland institution. Yeah, when we bought the business, we really felt it was almost a bit of a responsibility. Like you felt like you're custodians almost, like of this Tambo icon. And one of the reasons when we bought it, if we went away somewhere and we said, oh, you know, oh, yeah, where are you from? I'm Tambo. Oh, people go, Tambo Teddies. And, you know, how's Tambo Teddies going? Mm-hmm. That's response, you know, it's what Tambo is known for. So we feel like a responsibility towards that. That was one of the things, how we, you know, looked at the business and thought, well, okay, the way it's going, you won't run a business. Like, you won't keep going like that. So we've got to make change. But we've got to make change responsibility without losing the core essence of the business. We've managed our comms very carefully when when we have implemented change. Led into them and talked about things like like travelling to China because there's a lot of negative connotations with buying stuff from China or, you know, people, one of the things they like about our bears, they're made in Australia. Oh, it's not made in China. They say these things all the time, which is understandable, but... We've got to be practical too. We had to bring down that input price. So we had to cut out our middleman and import stuff like our skins, like our bags that we put them in from China, where we can get them at a much more affordable price. We never, ever compromise on that core product of the bears and the products being made here in Australia. And that is one of our absolute unique selling positions. And that's something we will never compromise on. But we've got to implement change. Even setting up the sewing hub in Toowoomba, that was something we also had to manage very carefully because we don't want people to think we're taking Tambo Teddies out of Tambo. We're not. We're just having to be practical. We have to have supply. So we've now got our great sewing hub, Tambo Teddies, which is located in Toowoomba. We still have some beers made here, but we've only got one part-time sewer here. Well, two part-time sewers. We wouldn't have a business if we didn't have teddy bears. So we've got to be practical. It's never going to leave Tambo. Uh, Tambo is Tambo Teddies, I suppose. It goes a bit like that. Mm. And 
we live we both live here in Tambo so of course we would never leave it it's very important but it's very important for Tambo it's very important for us this business that we keep growing it that it's successful or why would you do it and and it does it brings like we've got 15 people or something employed now so we're providing a lot of to our economy as well as to Wimber's economy. What's your dream Tambo Teddy kind of collaboration or person that you want to gift a teddy to? No, I'd like someone to walk in, really famous walk into the shop and just say, I need one of these. Yeah, I don't know. We're always looking for anyone. You know, we're happy with anyone who comes along (laughs) help make us famous. Oh, I love it. It's been so fascinating chatting to you, Alison, and learning more about the ins and outs of Tambo Teddies. Yeah, I can't wait to just follow on and see uh, what kind of teddies come out in the future and all of those sorts of things. What's the best way for people to kind of follow your journey? Where are you most active? Probably our Facebook page, actually. Facebook page or newsletters. We send out a, a newsletter every month. And it just has what we're happening, what's up to, little bits of things. Then in mid-month, we do a special uh, sales special as well. Oh, how good. Facebook, we we post regularly every day, basically something. Got something to say about teddy bears. There's so much to say. I know. Who knew? And who knew about teddy bear enthusiasts? That's awesome. Oh, they're called Arctophiles. Mm. Are they? They're called Yeah, they've got a name. Arctophiles, A-R-C-T-O, files. Arctophiles from all over the world know about Tambo Teddies. Oh, they're getting to, they're getting to. Crazy. (laughs) Are there any other big teddy factories in Australia? Like where else would you go? No, we're a bit unique that we're Australian-made teddies, yeah. What an awesome community project. I love that. Thank you to Georgie Somerset who suggested I interview Tambo Teddies when I put the call out on Instagram. I am gradually making my way through that awesome list of suggestions so thank you so much to everyone who reached out. Stay in touch with all that's happening on this podcast and in the Manson Podcasting Network world which is quite a lot at the moment via our newsletter at companyonsundays.substack.com. It's free and there is a paid version as well, which will give you more insights into all of our guests, a curated list of fun articles to read and early access to our Daily Routines podcast. As I keep saying, it is a total bargain. It's such good value, $49 a year. So stop thinking about it and sign up today, like right now thank you. I'll be back with you next week. Until then, take care.